the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just to be clear, there's one God. I know this isn't Trinity Sunday. That's next Sunday. One God, three persons. And typically when we talk about the divine, we tend to pick one of the three persons of the Trinity. So think to yourself, which, when you talk about God, do you talk about God? Like, that's what I do. I'm like, yeah, God this, God that. Please, God, make the weather nice. God, 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 God. But there are some people who are very Jesus-focused. So it's about following Jesus. Jesus did this. Jesus said that. What would Jesus do? Jesus is, I'm, I'm really devoted to Jesus. Very, use, very much using Jesus language all the time. And then there are the Holy Spirit people. Well, I was led by the Spirit. My heart was opened by the Spirit. These are my gifts from the Spirit. So how many people are God people? Yeah, polite Episcopalians. Come on, just raise your hand high. Okay, thank you. Trying to get some data here. Jesus people. We got a few Jesus people. All right, Jesus. God's winning right now. Okay, Holy Spirit people. Okay, we got a few. We got a few. So probably for those of us in the Episcopal Church, the Holy Spirit is not typically the way we talk about God. And as a matter of fact, when we had the, the Creed class during Lent about the Nicene Creed, one of our most lively discussions was a discussion about the Spirit. Because since we don't talk much about the Spirit, we have one big Spirit Day, which is today, the Feast of Pentecost, we kind of leave out what the Spirit does or is doing. Although today is the Feast of Pentecost, Pentecost now goes until Christ the King Sunday, which is like at the end of November. So we have from now to the end of November to really be celebrating and talking about the Spirit. So we're going to make a little bit more of an effort to do that this Pentecost season. So who is the Spirit? And what does the Spirit, what does the Spirit do? Well, we heard in the gospel that the Spirit is an advocate. Now, we've all been advocates in our life. Think about people who you've been an advocate for. Sometimes we advocate for children because children can't speak for themselves. Maybe we have a child with special needs that needs more help in the school system. So we go down and we talk to the teachers and we advocate for that child and we say, they, they need extra help with reading, they may need a math tutor, and as parents, we're there advocating for the child because the child cannot express those things. So as parents, we have to be advocates. Or maybe we've advocated for somebody who's really sick, who is unable to speak for themselves. So we have to advocate to the medical personnel to help them understand what the person might need or to make decisions for them. The Holy Spirit is an advocate for us. And we heard that in the Gospel. The Holy Spirit advocates to God for us. So the times when we're turned away from God, the times when we're discouraged, the times when we can't even think about the divine, the Holy Spirit is there advocating, speaking for us, reaching out to us, trying to put some energy into us, helping us make that turn back to God. But if we read the book of Acts, which we will do line by line in the next Bible study, 
<laughs> Starting in June, going through November, we find out that the Holy Spirit also accompanies us on our journey. Now, accompaniment and advocacy are two different things. So if you accompany someone, you don't speak for them. You journey with them. I had an opportunity to go to Albany with some of the farm workers. Now, these are people working out in the farms where we still have laws that prevents them from getting a day of rest. And most of them work seven days a week, 12-hour days during the harvest time because unlike in factories, we never passed a law for farm workers. So we went, we accompanied the farm workers to Albany so that we could stand with them as they talked to the state senators while they told their story. And it was very moving to stand with them. Of course, being the sales rep, I just wanted to jump in and take right over and say, here's why they need the day of rest, you know, but because it wasn't something that they were used to doing, but it was powerful because we accompanied them. We didn't advocate for them, we accompanied them. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. It journeys with us. And it's described as fire in the gospel. And as it journeys with us, it tries to open our hearts. It's that little voice in our head that we hear that nags at us to do something, to say a prayer for someone, to get up and go to church, to plant a memorial garden. Whoa. Now, it took that spirit 15 years of hard labor, but it's done, and wait till you see it. It was a long journey, but it, it, the Spirit doesn't get tired. The Spirit is energy, and it keeps at us as it accompanies us. But it doesn't speak for us because God has given us the ability to speak for ourselves. So the Spirit journeys with us. It nags us with questions. It may cause us to have dreams. It speaks to us through other people. But the whole purpose of the Spirit, all the energy is directed to building up the church, to giving greater glory to God. And it tries to keep us going in the right direction. But we have to be open to it. It causes those incredible coincidences that we just can't explain, that we can't explain away, that all of us have experienced. Now, I may have told some of you this story, but on one of my long hiatuses from church where I wasn't attending, uh, Good Shepherd and Webster wanted to build their membership, so they do what most churches do, is they look through the membership roles and see who hasn't been showing up in a long time. That would be me. My name was on the list. And I can remember coming home from work and... Um, I lived in Webster in a house with big picture windows in the living room and the dining room, and I had a couple of little um, not well-behaved boys, and you know I was kind of herding them into the kitchen at the time. And I turned around, because I thought I heard footsteps, and I turned around, I looked out on the walk coming up to the house was Sharon Carl in her collar. Now, she was the priest here for 15 years, so I tried to hide. <laughs> oh, I can't believe she's coming to my door and she didn't call ahead and 
I know what she's here for. She wants to get me back to church. She saw me, you know, right up to the door. I had to go answer the door. <laughs> and she walks into the house. She goes, we miss you at church. You should come back. I said, oh, I can't. I got these three ill-behaved children thinking that would do it. Who wants kids that are badly behaved in your worship? She goes, oh, we don't care. Bring them along. We'll do a zone defense. And she kind of kept after me. And that was the last hiatus I took from church. And when I, the week before I got ordained, I sought her out and I thanked her because there's no way I would have opened my heart to the yearnings of the Spirit, the direction the Spirit was sending me, had she not gotten me back to church. Who would have thought that I would end up here? I'm glad you didn't laugh at that one. <laughs> is that when we open ourselves up to the spirit and when I came here the church was was empty during the week because the daycare had closed and so we all started praying and opening ourselves up to the spirit and saying what what does the spirit have planned for us what kind of ministry can we do here the building was gorgeous is gorgeous and the spirit moved, and it, and it started bringing people here. The phone started ringing in the office, and people started asking if they could use the building. How does that happen? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Okay, we're going to channel some Baptists today, okay? So when I do this, you say Holy Spirit, all right? So... Why did people start calling the office? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And they started to come, and then we started to get people wanting to use the building, but we didn't really have a lawyer in the church, and I'm thinking, wow, we need the gifts of a lawyer in the church. This is pre-Paul. And uh, so I started to pray for a lawyer. And what did God do? God sent us Peter Harder, a priest and a lawyer, a twofer came because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And he helped us develop the agreements, and then Prelate started using the parish hall, and pretty soon we're staring at another deficit budget, although the deficit is going down, but we're staring at another deficit budget, and we're wondering, how do we keep a full-time priest? And doesn't Prelate call up and say, can we be there Monday through Friday and do this adult structured day program and pay you $1,200 a month? Well, yeah, okay, that works. Through the power of the? Holy Spirit. Yeah, and all of a sudden our deficit goes down, and then we get these wonderful gifted people on the finance committee, and things start to happen. And now our deficit is, we think this year, instead of being $16,000, we'll probably be between six and 10. It's like, how does that happen? You know, we want a memorial garden. We begin to plan the memorial garden. We think about it. The death of, of Jeannie Hendricks probably pushed us over the edge to get that going, and it's taken a number of years, but it's the most beautiful thing you could possibly imagine. And how did that happen? Through the power of the? Holy Spirit. That's right. The Holy Spirit is alive and present and energizing this congregation to do 
God's work in the world. And every time we need new gifts, people show up. I mean, we have, we have Paul who's trimming trees and opening up the, the church, and Kathy who's been our treasurer after 12 years of hard labor by Scott. You know, the, the Holy Spirit sends us people who have gifts that we need at the time that we need them. And God bless all of those who have been here from the beginning, maintaining this place and keeping this place open for people to come in, to feel connected to God. The Holy Spirit is energy. It energizes, it walks with us, it stays with us, it comforts us, and it also makes us uncomfortable because sometimes we have to be uncomfortable to do the things we know we need to do. The Holy Spirit stands with the person who's deathly afraid of public speaking, but will get up and talk about something near and dear to their heart. The Holy Spirit inspires. It helps with gifts to keep us going. This church is responsive. It's filled with the Holy Spirit. We have places to go that we have no idea what they're going to be. That's the most amazing thing. We think we have plans for the church. And the Holy Spirit's out there laughing. Because who would have thought that we'd be here with what we have right now? So we move ahead, opening our hearts to the call of the Holy Spirit. Because when we align, with the Holy Spirit. When it is of God, everything comes together, and it happens.